everywhere we look, it's a reckoning. What do we call it? Back to reality or bubbles bursting. Certainly when it comes to the housing market, that has always been a risk. So we have a, a bunch of news that's happening with housing in the last couple of days. Uh, this morning, I kind of really was jolted reading that Toronto now has the highest housing bubble risk in the world, an international report putting Toronto. We always hear the comparisons and it's hard to realize because it's your city and you say, well, we think it's kind of crazy here, but compared to other cities from around the world, this one is at risk. And in a moment, we're going to find out why and just how those prices multiplied and what kind of a risk is, is hanging around. And then we have a call for prices to fall in houses, uh, 14%. That's just from last year, though. We, can, we know how crazy they went in the pandemic. So how much are they really going to go down? Uh, Eden Rahim is portfolio manager and options strategist with Next Edge Capital. Hi there. Welcome. Thank you for being back. Hello, Arlene. Uh, thank you for having me again. And here we go. Not a great story. We had all these warnings about housing bubbles. Toronto's name came up internationally for years and years and years now. We kind of forget. And everything just looked like, well, no, the party's going to go on forever. Um, How did you feel when you read the news that Toronto is top of the list bubble risk in the world? Yeah, I was actually quite quite surprised that we we actually made it to the top. But then I read (laughs) the report from Union Bank of Switzerland, UBS, to see what the classifications were and you know they looked at a variety of different metrics I, I don't think any single one that we were at the top of there are many other expensive cities in different metrics but composite wise the added score we came out on top and uh, Frankfurt was second Zurich was third uh, Vancouver was a little bit further down the line at 1.7 uh, Toronto was first at 2.24 but I think they looked at things like assessment, price to income, price to rent, um, mortgage rates, uh, construction supply, things like that. But I think part of what, um, why we've had this bubble in Toronto, and Mm -hmm. I'm not making an excuse for it by any means, um, is that, you know, Toronto has evolved into an international city. And so we're starting to see some of the type of metrics. So when I, when I immigrated to Canada on Canada Day 1972, mm. the CN Tower was half built and we lived in the shadow of the global city of Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, over that last generation, a lot has changed and we have become an international city and we're sort of enduring some of the setbacks that comes with being an international city. Respect well, there's demand. There's de- demand. And and you're right. I mean, L- London, England had this for years. Everybody exactly. I knew there would say, oh, my God, you know, you have to buy on time and you buy while you live there and then you don't own it. And they had all these different ways that people could not th- completely throw away their equity. So that's part of it here in Toronto. We have this increased demand, demand, demand. But this bubble risk has always been something that people put out of their minds because of what you just said, Eden, that there is this demand. Well, then why now could it burst? So the primary reason for it bursting is that, you know, for for a very long period of time since the global financial crisis, so it's been about 15 years, we've had this 
these mortgage rates that are well below what markets would ordinarily price mortgage rates at. Thanks <laughs> yeah, to historical, the historical, exactly, absolutely historical. And what it meant was it incentivized borrowers. It's not that they were irrational or anything. It was actually quite a rational action to to borrow at those rates and invest in real estate. And and what it does is is that you know people invest for any number of reasons. Um, you know they invest because of population growth. They invest because you know, it's economical versus renting and, you know, the investment for investment reasons and so on. And so the, all these all these behaviors were incentivized by central bank behavior. But then something occurred, a black swan, if you will, that hadn't we hadn't bargained on. And that was inflation. And then central banks were forced to readjust and play catch up. So the markets raised interest rates substantially. And, you know, now, you know, it's almost doubled. And, you know, the rate at which you have to qualify at means many of these projects are not economical to many people that are there or to the lenders that are that are issuing these mortgages. And so for a very long period of time, you could look at, you know, the HELOCs securitized by the, you know, uh, based on Bank of Canada data, they've been growing rapidly. And so it, it was really a virtuous circle, and now it's become a vicious circle, unfortunately. And when you've got prices that are this high, that have grown well beyond incomes and so on, this is an unfortunate consequence. And again, you know, we can look back to what happened in the U.S. 15 years ago, and you know, regrettably, I think we're on the same path. I mean, if you look at, at mm-hmm. you know, ordinarily we go into bear markets and stocks, you know, uh, yeah. REITs and bank stocks are hiding places. Not this time. They're actually leading on a downside. They're down 25, 30% this year. So, you know, where a lot of wealth is stored in there or where ordinarily these are seen as secure holdings, they're actually the worst performing asset classes in Canada. And and that's that's telegraphing, the forward looking. And I see, so unfortunately, we find ourselves in this situation. We do. And it's shocking for people. It was a heck of a party. Money was almost yep. free. There's demographics who remember when it wasn't, and some of us were, you know, furring our brow as we yeah. as we saw all this happen. What a change. I began the show, and I have for the last couple of nights with the truth. Everywhere we look, there's more evidence. I mean, this bubble story really is a story we're seeing in so many ways. Whether we go to a grocery store, we're waiting for more interest rates, whether it's a housing bubble, and then we have geopolitical relations we have the the invasion by Russia into Ukraine, which we are learning where we really are all in this together because it's affecting yep. so many things, certainly in the United States and here. Wow, what a mo- moment. And it's going to be fascinating to see how people handle this new kind of strategy. So I, I think what and all these macro factors that you've identified is spot on because it's introduced certain risk premiums. Um, in in terms of those who provide capital versus those who access capital for real estate and, and other projects. And, you know, the one thing that's held up in economies globally is, you know, especially in this post-pandemic era, is that, you know, labor has remained in relatively short supply. So we haven't seen unemployment rise as we traditionally do during economic downturns. No. And, you know, and it's different. It's very different this time, as as the pandemic was. And you know, we you know we we can look to Japan, for instance. So Japan has been in malaise for thirty years. That's incredible. Thirty years after being, you know, the poster child for growth 
for the I generation know. before that. Yeah. But yet their unemployment remained very low, you know, during that period of time. Yeah. And, and so, you, you know, it, this is not going to be our father's recession. It's going to be something different. And, and the problem, though, is that, you know, real estate is priced so far beyond its historic trend. And there is so much uh, leverage built into the system. You know, mm. our, our, our debt to income ratios uh, is around 180% in Canada. In the U.S., when its bubble peaked in 2007, it was around 145%. So, you know, there is cause for alarm. But, you know, there, I think we have to distinguish now between the bubble bursting in real estate and the traditional type of recession that we've seen Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as uh, there's jobs available, we've we've yeah. these things have happened in in the past when there weren't, and that yeah, is right. hardship. Eden Rahim, portfolio manager and options strategist with Next Edge Capital. Thank you. Have a great night. Take care. Arlene, with delight speaking with you again. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break, and when we return, a warm welcome to Dr. David Jacobs, who joined this show all through the pandemic. And he's coming back because we had a warning. COVID numbers are going up. How high will they go? And what will you do to stop them? I'm Arlene Bynum. This is On Point.